You feel like he's more yeah. of a dad? No, not more of a dad, but more of a uh, like a handsome character. Mm, okay, that like, makes sense. He can. Listen, I'm not saying Joaquin Phoenix is not is not handsome. Okay, but you know, <laughs> okay, yeah, but he's uh -huh. just. Yo, for people like our good buddy Joel, he's a great role model. Yeah, he's a great. Um. <laughs> To another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Spider-Man's favorite football <laughs> <Okay>. podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really couldn't think okay. of anything. No, uh, that's good. Um, yeah, I just saw the reason I just I saw Tom Holland trending on uh, on Twitter and I was like, oh Spider-Man. And then we could talk about well, who who's your favorite Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're gonna talk about who my favorite Spider-Man is. Well, it's really was. up to you. We don't have to. Wow. Uh, you know, I have I honestly, In fact, I almost don't even want to. Okay, we don't have to. No, but it's uh, I have a criteria, not a criteria, but like, is it a criteria? I don't know. Um, who did what the best in terms of Spider-Man? Mm, you in like kind of break of it the, down? The man spider himself, yeah. I, I I do break it down. I I definitely think that uh, Tobey Maguire, the first one, was the best nerd, um, but he was way too old looking to be Spider Man. Um, oh, and then Andrew Garfield. Ah, uh, yeah. Like the, the thing with Andrew Garfield in the Amazing Spider Man is that uh, is just the fact that it those were pretty good movies, but. He's not the greatest Spider-Man. He's a good actor. I enjoy, I appreciate him as an actor. I loved him in Hacksaw Ridge. Um, but as far as Spider-Man and like being true to the character, really. Hmm. Mm. I'm going to go out on a limb having never seen one of his movies with him in it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think I've seen an Andrew Garfield movie, but yeah. I've never seen him in Spider-Man before. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's the worst one. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's almost too cool. He's almost too cool to be yeah. to be a Spider-Man right off the bat. I I definitely think so. Yeah. He uh yeah, he's kind of a yeah. Tom Holland is yeah. Tom Holland is pretty good. He's the young part. Yeah. That's the best is he's the youngest. Like he got that nailed down. And 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 Peter Parker was really young when he became Spider-Man according to the uh, original comics and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, Tom Holland's a really good Spider-Man, I think. I think he, overall he is the best. Tobey Maguire still is a better nerd because uh, Spider-Man was a little nerdy kid. Yeah, Tobey Maguire um, plays that well, like the loser. Yeah, kind of. But he's like, a, not a good actor. No. Not in that movie. He, he he's good in. I he thought he played, was good in Spider-Man, but then they started making multiple sequels of it, and they got really weird. Some of the old, like some of the sequels. I think it was like the third one. It's a weird movie. The trequel, you mean? The, the third one. The trequel. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, it is. That's the one with Venom. Yeah, yeah, and like he has like long black hair, and it's not, like he's it's like an em emo thing. It's not long. It it's is just weird. He just has his bangs, and he just kind of yeah, kind of takes them and puts them on his forehead instead of. <laughs> and he does like a weird dance too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a confidence thing. It's a, it's like a, you know, like he's confident because he's Venom now, or like, yeah, I don't, I don't it know. Brings him a new cocky confidence kind of thing. Okay, so you know more about this yeah. than me. I'm a movie. I'm kind of like a movie guy. You're a movie so. aficionado. Yeah, um, I, I kind of think about that. But yeah, uh, uh, before we get any deeper into this, this is the average Joe football show. We talk football, we talk Spider Man, we talk whatever you really, you know, whatever you would really want to talk about. Uh, I talk most of the football. Joe's my producer, Joe Thiessen, uh, who I'm joined by. I say my last name. Illustrious producer, Joe. Well, it's because I say Joe Fair. I say my full oh, yeah. name at the beginning. So I got to yeah. get your full name That's in there good. as well. 
I'm joined by you again. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to get into football at some point. We're going to get into uh, Julio Jones uh, potentially being traded. It's seeming more and more likely like Julio Jones is out in Atlanta. And we're going to get into um, a segment, a two-part segment, uh, that we're going to talk about on the next two episodes. We did we did this last year around this time. I looked it up and it was almost exactly around this time. I'm going to give you one big question for every team heading into the season. Uh, this week, it's the AFC. Uh, next week, I'm doing the NFC. So we're going to split it up 16 and 16 just to kind of, you know, keep it a, a little shorter. So we're going to get into that. Really excited about that. Um, so make sure you guys, before we start, subscribe smash that like button smash that like button Give, everybody um reel it in. uh you're okay give us a five-star review five-star re- i'll maybe handle it from here yeah okay yeah i'll cut the out. okay yeah this just uh make sure you do all the good things that, w- that we would enjoy make sure you share the podcast it helps a lot if you share the podcast uh we can only do so much we need your guys help spread this podcast i can around. only make so many fake accounts to subscribe <laughs> yeah. with okay I'm running out of ideas for, ideas for passwords <laughs> on my emails, so I, I can't I cannot keep doing this. It's just it's it it's doesn't be, work anymore. It's becoming a hassle. Yeah, I think it's borderline illegal at this point. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, also, okay, back on the Spider-Man thing. I thought that I, so when Andrew Garfield was really into it, and I just want to say that I have not seen very many of the new Spider-Man movies. I've seen one of the one with Tom Holland in it. Okay, I saw none of the Andrew Garfield ones. I saw, I think, all of the ones with Tobey Maguire in it. I thought Tobey Maguire was probably the best. I, th- I thought he, there would be never somebody to come in and be better than him. Uh, but I now think it's not even close. I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Yeah. Tobey it, Maguire is too old. Yeah, I think... I just, a little bit too old to play him. And I'm not a comic book guy. I've never read any comic books um, like that. Well, I, I guess I have, like, as a child. But, like, not, like, some of the old comic books that people are, like, so into or whatever. But... I just feel like if you're thinking about Spider-Man, Tom Holland really encapsulates Spider-Man. Yeah, he did a good job with that. But isn't he, isn't he done now with Spider-Man? Like, it's didn't good. his contract... They've gone through too many Spider-Mans. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. But it's such a popular franchise. It's such a popular um, character, I guess. Like Batman. Well, they did it with Batman, too. Yeah. Who, who do you think was the best Batman? Oh, that's Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. It's not even... I don't... I also have never seen the one with Ben Affleck. Really? But I'm just going to assume that it's not as good um, as Christian Bale. Which one? What was it called? Movie? He, did he play in... Batman vs. Spi- uh, Superman. Batman vs. Spider-Man. Batman vs. Spider-Man. Would that wouldn't be even be close, dude. <laughs> dude. Batman would win. Um, But, okay. Was was there not a solo movie? Was it just Batman vs. Superman? Mm-hmm. Or, did, or yeah. did he have... Pretty sure it was just Batman vs. Superman. Oh, and he now... was in Justice League, right? Oh yeah, he was probably in Justice League. Yeah, I again never Maybe. saw. Maybe I never saw that. Movie. I did. I did watch Justice League, but I don't. Uh, uh, he definitely was in Justice League. I don't there recall was no other Batman in there. I love that we're just talking about movies that. Well, I guess you've seen almost all of them, but I've seen almost none of them. Yeah. Um. Ed. Uh, Ed. What's the guy? Edward Pattinson. Is that his name? Oh, uh, Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Edward was his. He was yeah, the guy Edward. in Twilight. <laughs> Edward's his character in Twilight. <laughs> Edward. Ignorant guy. Edward Snowden. Right? Yeah, Edward. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. No. Uh, he's the new uh, Robert Pattinson's the new spy. Uh, yeah. Batman. Which is wow. Inter- we could we could go on with this. Best Joker. Mm. This is. Oh, well, I mean that one's. Okay. Actually, I forgot about Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. He's actually yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. good at what he does. You, you got to think here. There was Jack Nicholson. He did that once. Uh, and mm-hmm. then so the big three: Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger. Obviously, Heath Ledger was amazing. Rest in peace. He's, yeah. He, <clears throat> 
Rest in peace. Oh gosh. <laughs> rest in rest in peace, leather. Uh, anyway, rest in Heath. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and then uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. My goodness, that Joker movie was good. I think really good. And with all due respect, I'm not obviously Heath Ledger dying it was incredibly tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that him only doing that one movie though was probably good for his legacy. Not it's not good that he died. <clears throat> I'm not saying it's good that he died. Obviously. It's good that maybe it's good that he only had that one movie because mm. people didn't kind of get burnt out on that character or whatever. Yeah. It was like, because it's incredible. The Dark Knight, uh, I will say, is one of my all time favorite trilogy, movies. That trilogy, the trilogy is unbelievable. Yep. That, it's a really good, really good movies. The Dark Knight, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big superhero guy, really. I don't really like superhero movies all that much. Yeah. Um, especially not usually DC ones, but The Dark Knight is one of my all time favorite yeah. movies. Like that movie was incredible. The Dark Knight was really good. Uh, the new Joker movie was, r- I love that oh, movie. Oh, it was so good. Joker is such a good movie. That's probably up there. Like that, if you guys have not seen the new Joker movie, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix. He gives Heath Ledger a run for his money, and he yeah. just goes totally. It's it's not even close to the same character. Like no, it's, it's a different idea. It's almost like you can't even compare them because it's yeah. like a totally different yeah thing. I feel that way as well. Um, but yeah, he took it in a different direction. Really good. It's not even really a superhero movie. No, it's just a it's just a it's a piece of gold. That's yeah. what it is. We I loved it. Watch um, that movie again. Another DC movie, uh, Inception. I think. Um, Inception. A couple other ones. And you're saying Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. Um, um, Argo. Fargo. Stu- Stuart Little. Yeah, Stuart Little, I think. Is um, um, all pretty good ones that I liked from the DC side, at least. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. But, um, I think we basically come to an end of t- talking about these movies. <laughs> yeah, or what do you think? Maybe. I think we're, uh, you know. Yeah. Unless you got anything else to say. No, like I think I've basically said all that I need to okay. need to add that all that I need to say. So. Um, yeah, I think I'm basically bored of it already. So, you know, I'm ready to move on. Um All right. How you been lately? Good. Okay. Yeah. No, oh, did fine. you think I was moving on to football? Yeah, now? I did. I no, did honestly. No, not yet, man. Um pretty good. Yeah. You done anything cool lately? No. Okay. Well, we this actually we great. went we went away. <laughs> this is great podcasting. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not. Okay. What have you been doing? <laughs> um you know same old same old same old we went away on our honeymoon uh sorry first anniversary which was basically a honeymoon because we didn't ever got to go on one because of covid yeah because of covid and um yeah we went nice yeah it was pretty boring but <laughs> it's okay we got that's to, what you want to hear out of a honeymoon. yeah we got to relax yeah that's what you want to do when you're celebrating your wedding nice you want to relax Very right good. um i'm coming right up on the end of my pat maternity leave pat paternity leave parental leave parental, yeah or or papa papa leave. leave yeah paternity leave uh three three weeks i'm almost done i, I guess technically it's done now. yeah you're going back to work on tuesday yeah, it's the weekend by the time you guys are hearing this i'm back at work again oh yeah um, wow. i feel like i've really grown as a person you know mm-hmm. i'm not the same person i was before not only am i a father uh you know i've just i've done a lot of new things i'm into walks now yeah, going for walks. <laughs> You're into walks. Yeah, I like walks. Okay, I like walks too. I kind of liked that a little bit before all this because, mm-hmm. like, I would sometimes walk here to record the podcast. But like walking with me and my wife and my my son, it's fun. It's. Like, do you think that we're when I have a kid that we're gonna do like dad walks? Yeah, we should. We should start a club, dude. You ever, you ever seen the what to expect? When yes. you're expecting? Yeah, oh yeah, I have. Yeah, I like that dad group they have going on. Okay, who's better? Uh, who's better in what what to expect uh, when you're expecting? Um, I don't remember any of the characters. I was just making a joke. Oh, 
Sorry. Uh, Heath Ledger or uh, <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix, and what to expect when you're expecting. Would you? Which one do you think would do a better job in that movie? <laughs> oh man, it depends. As a dad, or like, yeah, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, you feel like he's more yeah. of a dad. No, not more of a dad, but more of a uh, like a handsome character. Mm, okay, that like, makes sense. He can. Listen, I'm not saying Joaquin Phoenix is not is not handsome. Okay, but you <laughs> okay, know, yeah, but he's uh-huh. just. You know, for people like our good buddy Joel, he's a r- great role model. Yeah, he's a great. Um. <laughs> That's so good. Almost nobody's going to understand mm. that joke. That's but, great. Um, we should maybe move on to some football. Yeah. I feel like this has been probably the most pointless banter we've yeah. had. In... But pretty good, honestly. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Joel, I think so. if you're listening. This I is really we... good, dude. This is really good. Really good. Thanks, man. The little fist bump. Uh, we're both so sweaty. Yeah, it's really hot in here. So let's maybe get this thing going. Uh, let's jump into the news. We're now approaching that time in the NFL season where things are slowing down a little bit. The draft is over. Free agency has been over for a while. Uh, training camp's starting. Rookie mini camps have now started and ended um, so we're kind of getting into the slow period of the NFL offseason. We're just under four months away from the start of the NFL season. Um, so, you know, we got a ways to go. So things are slowing down. There's not a whole lot going going on in the news. There's a bunch of little stuff like people saying Joe Burrow's going to be ready for week one or like this, this player's a, a full go in training camp uh, who was injured last year and stuff. I'm not going to get too much into stuff like that. Um, Mainly because it's not interesting for me to talk about. And uh, I don't really want to talk about stuff like that all that much. But there is one main um, news story that I, I definitely feel like I have to talk about. Because it's one of the, the biggest things happening uh, in the NFL right now. Aside from training camps. The Julio Jones situation uh, is heating up quite a bit. We talked a little bit on, uh, I think, last week's episode about Julio Jones potentially not being a member of the Atlanta Falcons in the future, and things have really heated up since then uh, in that department. Uh, first, we had the, the Athletics' Jeff Schultz uh, report that the Falcons would like to, quote-unquote, deal Julio Jones um, to... I think I used quote-unquote wrong there. I was trying to use it once in one part of it, and I used it in the wrong part. That's unprofessional. But anyways, Jeff Schultz was reporting that Julio, uh, the Falcons would like to uh, deal Julio Jones. And if you are not uh, like a a diehard NFL fan, you might be wondering why in the world the, the Atlanta Falcons uh, would want to trade Julio Jones. It doesn't make any sense. Julio Jones has been uh, a dominant, dominant receiver uh, for years in the NFL and probably still could be uh, a top five, top ten receiver in the NFL. And really... Um, not a lot of people might know, but the Atlanta Falcons are in cap, uh, salary cap hell right now. They are, they are one of the worst teams as far as salary cap. They don't have a whole lot of money left and they don't have a lot of players signed. They can't even sign their rookies to contracts right now because they don't have enough money. Um, so they're really strapped for cash and that's why we're seeing them potentially, uh, ready to move on from, from probably the greatest player in their franchise's, uh, history. I mean, Julio Jones has been that good. He's a future Hall of Famer, uh, without a doubt. Um, he he's just been a consistently top five, top really, for most of it, the best receiver in the league. Uh, I had him ranked as my number one receiver going into this last season. Uh, he obviously was injured. He only played nine games this last year. Still put up really good numbers when he was playing, but just wasn't available. He he struggled with injuries last year. Uh, the year before that, he struggled with some injuries as well. 
But when he's on the field, there's no doubt uh, he is a, a dominant contributing force uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm sure he could be uh, a help to any team that, that, that wants to bring him in. But we had Jeff Schultz, Schultz coming forward and saying the, the Falcons would love uh, to deal um, Julio Jones just because of salary cap issues. Um, his salary cap hit for them is $23 million this year. Um, he's got a $15 million salary and it just it would help them out tremendously. Uh, if Julio Jones is not on the roster, um, they're in a, ca- a cap crunch. And we talked about last, might not have been last week, it might have been the week before, we talked about Kyle Pitts, how the Atlanta Falcons brought in Kyle Pitts um, to to um, be a part of that offense. And, you know, we talked about how potentially it could be scary, uh, an offense with Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, and and Calvin Ridley on there. And then you have like Hayden Hurst and, and, and guys like that. They signed Mike Davis the running back from Carolina, um, and just that could be a dominant offense. But now it's starting to seem, the more you look at it, that that maybe Kyle Pitts was, that, that draft pick was not so much um, somebody that was uh, drafted to pair with Julio Jones, but maybe he was signed to replace Julio Jones. And maybe if Julio Jones is gone, Kyle Pitts kind of slides in and plays more receiver. Uh, maybe plays, he could essentially play the same role. Um, that Julio Jones plays right now, that big physical athletic uh, freak of a receiver. Uh, he could come in and just, and just, you know, you don't want to say he can come in and easily replace one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen, but it's starting to seem like that was maybe what the Atlanta Falcons had in mind when they when they made that pick uh, for Kyle Pitts. So we, it's seeming more and more likely that Julio Jones and Kyle Pitts will never see the field uh, together at the same time. They're, they're most likely not going to be together as it, it it seems to me moving in the direction that Julio Jones will not be a member uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the team that would trade for him uh, would likely only trade for him officially on, on June 2nd. June 2nd is when um, his deal becomes um, more manageable uh, to trade. Uh, so they'll likely wait until June 2nd to trade for him. Um, in my opinion, uh, if, if I'm a team, if I'm a competitor, competitive team if i'm a championship contender i absolutely do what you whatever you can to get julio jones i understand that his 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 salary cap number might be a little big right now uh 15 million Uh, i think it's i think it's a little less i think it's like 11 million uh base salary next year so it goes down a little bit but to me um even though julio jones struggled with injuries last year when he played he was one of the most like dominant receivers uh, and, and you had Cal, Calvin Ridley playing incredibly well uh, for the Falcons last year but when Julio Jones was on the field last year and I know because I had him on my fantasy team he still put up huge numbers and I think he's still capable uh, of being a, a really top three receiver in the NFL I would not be surprised whatsoever if Julio Jones is back to form this upcoming season he is 32 so he's getting up there in age he's he's not young anymore. You know, receivers don't really play as long as, you know, quarterbacks play uh, in the NFL. So he's getting a little bit older there. But I think there's still a, a good few years left um, in the NFL for Julio Jones. Jeff Schultz, uh, who reported that the, the Falcons would like to move Julio Jones, also reported that uh, there's a few teams that he thinks are interested uh, in Julio Jones. Those teams that he listed are the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the New England Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm going to be writing an article on bluecollarmediagroup.com. Make sure you guys check that out, bluecollarmg.com. Within the next few days, I'm going to be writing an article um, about this exact situation, uh, um, landing spots for Julio Jones, where I think Julio Jones could end up um, and I think it's intriguing. I think he can he can 
he could absolutely uh, be a huge asset for for one of these teams or for one of these teams that's not listed. Say a team like Kansas City or something comes out of the blue inside. Like that would be game changing. If Kansas City goes out and signs Julio Jones, that would be almost unfair. Uh, I still like Julio Jones. I think he's got a lot of good years left. I think whoever signs him is getting a really good football player. Uh, and we also had NBC Sports uh, Boston's uh, Michael Hawley reporting that Julio Jones himself, I don't know where he got this information from, but he's reporting that Julio Jones wants to play for the New England Patriots. That's where he wants to go. Uh, he apparently wants to play uh, with Cam Newton. He also believes that Matt Ryan uh, lost a little zing on his deep ball, which that hurts. That stings a little bit for Matt Ryan. Um, so there's reports that Julio Jones wants to play in New England. That would be an interesting spot for him. I don't know if that's the best spot, just like quarterback-wise. Also, if you're looking for a quarterback who's uh, not past his prime, if you're worried that Matt Ryan is past his prime, maybe don't go to a, another quarterback that's probably past his prime. But apparently Julio wants to play uh, with the Patriots. We've also had other players in the NFL uh, rec- trying to recruit Julio Jones to their team. Uh, we had uh, DeAndre Hopkins on Twitter trying to recruit him with some funny things that he was saying. Uh, Derek Henry was trying to recruit him. I think A.J. Brown was involved. So a lot of players would be extremely, extremely excited uh, to bring in Julio Jones. And like I said, I'll be writing an article within the next few days uh, breaking down all of my favorite landing spots. But I think there's a lot of really interesting teams. And if I'm a contending team, I'm absolutely doing everything I can to try to trade for Julio Jones. And I don't think you're going to have to give up a first-round pick, especially with how big Julio Jones's contract is, I think you can probably give up a second or, or maybe a third and, and a player or something for Julio Jones uh, because his contract is so big. He's aging. He struggled with injuries. I think you could get a real bargain with Julio Jones and he could be a real difference maker. Uh, the Patriots just make sense. They've done this over and over again. They've traded for veteran receivers. We try them trade with the Falcons for Mohamed Sanu a couple of years ago, gave up a second round pick. That was a complete disaster. Uh, they brought in Antonio Brown uh, last year. That was also a disaster. Uh, they brought in Josh Gordon. Obviously, they brought in Randy Moss when he looked to be past his prime. Ended up having amazing, amazing years uh, with New England. So we've seen the Patriots do this before, bring in veteran wide receivers. So maybe maybe this is something that they do again. Uh, there's been talks that the Patriots have had internal talks about bringing in Julio Jones. But this is a, definitely an int- intriguing topic, uh, hopefully. By the time you're hearing this, Julio Jones is not already on a new team or else this was all pointless. Uh, but that kind of wraps up the news. It's basically just the Julio Jones stuff. That's that's the big news uh, happening this week. So why don't we jump into one big question uh, remaining for every team uh, in the AFC. So we're now into the end of May. That's right, the end of May, uh, and we've we, we, and it's gonna be June. <laughs> it's gonna be June. Love that song. Uh, we've gotten to the end of May. The draft is over. Um, free agency is over. A lot of questions have been answered for a lot of teams. Uh, teams like the Chiefs. There was a lot of questions around their offensive line. Those questions got answered this offseason. Teams like the Jets, there was questions about who their quarterback was going to be. Were they going to draft the quarterback? That question got answered. Uh, You know, there was teams, there was uh, questions like, where's Mac Jones getting drafted? That question got uh, answered. But, you know, not everything can be answered. Some things just go unanswered. uh, And you you can't answer every every single question 
uh, in the NFL. So we're going to go around the AFC this week. And I'm going to give you one question that's still unanswered uh, for every single team. We're going to call it one big, big, yay sports, big. Hey, Joe? No? Okay, nothing. All right. Uh, One big uh, question still remaining for every team in the AFC. And we're going to start things off with the AFC North. We're going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They won the North uh, last year. Started off 11-0 before collapsing uh, and losing in in heartbreaking and embarrassing fashion to the Cleveland Browns in the NFL playoffs. And my big question for the Pittsburgh Steelers is, can this O-line hold up? One of the big reasons why this team collapsed after going 11-0 was their offensive line. Uh, they had uh, big issues, especially running ball. They were the worst team in the NFL uh, r- running the ball yardage-wise. It was not really all that close. They had no uh, <laughs> no yards rushing. I mean, they could not run the ball. didn't matter who was running, Benny Snell or James Conner, who is now in Arizona. It just did not matter. Uh, they could not get anything going running the ball. And I think a big reason for that was the offensive line. The Steelers seem to think this offseason the answer was to go out and get a new running back. So they got Najee Harris. I like Najee Harris. He was probably my favorite running back in this draft class. Um, They brought him in. They're hoping that the answer was that they didn't have the right running backs uh, on their roster. Uh, If you're asking me, I think the biggest issue was the offensive line. And this is an offensive line that got worse than they were last year. They didn't get better. Uh, Marquise Pouncey, the longtime center there in Pittsburgh, he retired this offseason. Alejandro Villanueva is now in Baltimore. Uh, And if you look at their offensive line, uh, it's rough. I mean, they don't have a whole lot uh, on their offensive line. I mean, just just some of the names that are on their offensive line. So at left tackle, they have a guy named uh, Chakuma Okorafor who's uh, not somebody that I know very well. Uh, they have Kevin Dotson starting at left guard. J.C. Hassenauer, maybe Hassenauer, don't know how to pronounce that. He is their center. David DeCastro, who's a recognizable name, he is their right guard. He's a fine right guard. He's not anything to write home about. And Zach Banner starting at right tackle. That's probably one of, if not the worst, offensive line uh, in the NFL. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, you have an aging quarterback uh, in Big Ben. Uh, he's not a guy who can, you know, make plays with his feet anymore. You know, he used to be really good at not getting sacked because he's so big and really elusive in the pocket. He might not be athletic, but he was able to avoid sacks pretty well. Uh, as he's get old, as he's getting older, that stuff's getting harder. Uh, and there was no holes for your running backs last year. Uh, can Najee Harris make? Um, something out of nothing. And I think he's going to have to. And to me, the biggest question for the Steelers is, you know, this is a team that's ready to compete. Uh, they're going all in. This this is, you know, they could have tore it down a little bit and rebuilt. They could have said goodbye to Big Ben, drafted a rookie quarterback or, or brought in somebody else and kind of restarted. But they said, no, we're going to go for it one more shot. Uh, and they think that they can build on that 11-0 and start last year. And maybe they can. But to me, the biggest question is uh, if you want to compete, this offensive line needs to hold up, and you got to hope and pray that that all these no-name offensive linemen that I just named uh, can can hold up. And to me, this is the scariest part for the Steelers. Uh, they have one of the best rosters probably in the NFL, especially defensively. I mean, their defense is unreal. But if that offensive doesn't, ho- the offensive line doesn't hold up. None of that matters. 
so to me, that's the biggest question for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and then moving on in the AFC North to the team that came second, and it's the Baltimore Ravens. And my big question for the Baltimore Ravens is can Lamar and the pass offense take the next step? Um, we just talked about how the Pittsburgh Steelers were the worst rushing offense in the NFL last year. The worst passing offense in the NFL yardage-wise was the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they they are not an explosive pass game. And you can say what you will about lack of receivers for Lamar Jackson. Um, he needs to improve in that scenario. He he is lethal as a runner. He won an MVP just a couple of years ago. Still a fantastic young quarterback. But he's coming into a contract year. Uh, there's big questions around whether he can take that next step. Uh, and I think he needs to take that next step. Uh, for for you know it to be easier on both him and the Baltimore Ravens uh, when it comes to signing him to that new contract, it's 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 really interesting to think. Uh, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle this contract because um, Lamar Jackson's just a little bit different than some of these other quarterbacks, and we've seen over and over again with the Carson Wentz extension, with the the Jared Goff extension. Some of these teams jump the gun and they sign these guys to extensions and they end up regretting it. And I'm and I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is going to be a mistake if you if you extend him. He he's a phenomenal quarterback, but if all of a sudden you extend him before this season and he doesn't take that step. Uh, you know, Rashad Bateman comes in uh, who they drafted in the first round, and he can't help that offense. Uh, Sammy Watkins is not a big uh, you know asset. Uh, and they still can't get a thousand yard receiver. They still are one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL. Um, it's it's going to be you know there's going to be people questioning it because you know th- they had the worst passing offense, but the best rushing offense in the NFL. So they have a run game. But to me, and I've said this over and over on this podcast, and I and I say it, uh, I said it in some of the articles that I wrote, uh, especially around draft time. You know, the the running game is only going to get you so far. Uh, you can only get yourself. Uh, to a certain point, I think, in the NFL season with uh, a dominant run game. Eventually, your pass game needs to step up, and you need to be able to play from behind. You need to be able to come back in games. And I found a stat that kind of puts this in perspective. So Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, they're both drafted uh, in 2018, both drafted in the same year. Um, And the consensus, I think, is that Lamar Jackson is a better player uh, than Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I believe that to a certain extent. Maybe not as a passer, but I think better overall player, probably Lamar Jackson right now is a better player than Baker Mayfield. And I really like Baker Mayfield. This is not a knock on him. But you take their numbers. Okay, Lamar Jackson in those uh, in those four seasons that he's been in the NFL, I think it's four seasons, right? From 2018 to now, he's played, let me just look it up here, three seasons. Three seasons. In the three seasons he's played, uh, in the NFL, he's had two fourth quarter comebacks and four game winning drives. So in, in three years, he's had two fourth quarter comebacks uh, and and four game winning drives. You know, you take Baker, who, like I said, most people consensus is probably he's not as good a quarterback as Lamar Jackson. Baker's got six fourth quarter comebacks compared to two for Lamar Jackson and seven game winning drives. And to me, that is what sets Lamar Jackson in this offense apart from some of the other passing offenses in the NFL. Sure, they are explosive and they can, you know, they can just hammer teams with that run game. But we've seen time and time again, until last year, Lamar Jackson had never come back from down 10 points. And you can't succeed like that in the NFL. We see, you know, teams like the Chiefs, 
they'll get down in a 21 point hole and they'll be able to come back and you don't even need to do that you just need to be able to come out of a deficit and you can't be to me a championship team without that ability to come from behind and to rely on your passing game uh, and that's what I think the biggest question is for the Baltimore Ravens Joe's Baltimore Ravens can they improve their passing game Onto the Cleveland Browns, who lasted the longest out of all these AFC North teams in the playoffs this last year, had a had a phenomenal season last year um, under Kevin Stefanski, his first year as head coach, got a big win without him um, against Pittsburgh in, in the uh, wild card round, and then made it to the divisional round to play the Kansas City Chiefs, went toe-to-toe, Baker Mayfield went toe-to-toe uh, with Patrick Mahomes in an incredible, incredible game. Uh, one of my favorite games from this last season. And my biggest question, though, for the Cleveland Browns going into the season is, is Baker that dude? Uh, that's how the kids say it nowadays, I think. Uh, is he that dude? Uh, I feel like such a... <sighs> Joe, are you going to help me out this time? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Don't say that okay. is all I'm going to say. Okay, thanks. Don't say it like that. Okay, I'm well. It's too late now. I already have it written down. Is Baker that dude? Um, you know, another guy going into his contract year. We talked about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson going into his contract year. We don't know if he, you know, can take that next step. Uh, we he's won an MVP. Baker has not won an MVP. But Baker, like I said, hasn't really been as good or as consistent as Lamar Jackson. As a passer, maybe he's been better, and he had a tremendous year last year. I mean, he threw for 3,500 uh, 3, yards, 26 touchdowns, eight touch, uh, eight interceptions, uh, and that was improved from like 21 interceptions last year. So just overall, uh, you know, incredible improvement from the year before under Freddie Kitchens. Uh, and this team was was really dominant at times. I mean, they, they had some good wins down the stretch, and that win against Pittsburgh was was I mean that was a that was a big statement win for this team uh, and I think you know this is another roster like like all three of these rosters I think they're ready to go all three of these rosters have talent all over very few holes um, but the you know we gotta we gotta ask questions about those holes and the one hole we have is we don't know you know if Baker can be that guy we don't know if Baker can be the franchise guy and this this is a loaded team ready for a championship run. Um, and can your your quarterback elevate the players around you, or can or does your quarterback have to be elevated by the players around you? Um, you know he's surrounded by talent. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, um, you know Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, there's just loads and loads of talent. Austin Hooper's there. I mean, this team is stacked. And defensively, now they have a ton of really good players. Um, but, you know, can Baker Mayfield be the type to, to, to elevate the players to, to an even higher level? Or is he a guy, you know, like we saw maybe with Jared Goff uh, in, in Los Angeles where he, you know, everything's got to be perfect around him. Everything's got to be, you know, you know, clicking nicely. Can he be, uh, you know, a Patrick Mahomes where he elevates the players around him? Uh, can he be a Tom Brady where he comes in? I mean, that's obviously asking a lot. It's the greatest quarterback of all time. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, who's probably going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And you don't even need to be that. But to me, this year, you need to find out, you know, is Baker that guy? Is he worth um, all that money? Is he worth a brand new contract extension? Is he a guy that can can win you games? Uh, you know, and, that, and that's the biggest question for, for the Cleveland Browns. Can Baker Mayfield uh, elevate you is Baker Mayfield that dude.
on to the Cincinnati Bengals, the final team in the AFC North. And my biggest question for the Cincinnati Bengals is, can you keep Joe Burrow upright? Uh, and this is very similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Joe Burrow played really well for a rookie last year. Uh, he was on pace to, to compete with Justin Herbert uh, for that Rookie of the Year award. Obviously, he got hurt, and that and that, that was kind of, kind of the uh, overbearing story uh, in Cincinnati. People kind of forget that Joe Burrow was playing as well as he did last year because he wasn't protected. Uh, he tore up his knee. Uh, he's apparently ready to go. He's ready to play this season. But the Bengals didn't do a whole lot to improve that offensive line. You know, a lot of Bengals fans want to say, hey, we signed Riley Reef," But if Riley Reef is who you're depending on improving your entire offensive line, that's a tough spot to put Joe Burrow in. Uh, and, you know, this is still probably one of the worst offensive lines in football. And they had a chance to get Penny Sewell, who a lot of people think is a generational tackle. Um, they instead decided to go with Jamar Chase. And that's going to be a question that, you know, if... Is that a mistake? Is is taking uh, Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell? Is that going to come back to bite them uh, in the you know where? You know, I mean, Jamar Chase, no doubt, is an extremely talented wide receiver. Um, I think that you know, there's a good chance he you know he could win Rookie of the Year. I think he's 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 a dynamic player, and you probably won't regret taking him. But will you regret not helping Joe Burrow with? With more protection because you can have all the talent in the world you can have all the receivers in the world but if your quarterback doesn't have any time to throw um you know that's that's going to be tough and can zach taylor their coach there uh can he uh, you know get joe burrow in situations where the ball's out of his hands quick uh you know draw plays you know play action stuff where where, where joe burrow's not in uh situations to have his knee torn up like he did during his rookie season uh to me you cannot uh have Joe Burrow under the amount of pressure that he was last year for much longer. You cannot waste the the career of of a p- potential generational quarterback of a guy who's going to come in and you know be a franchise quarterback. You can't waste his career by not surrounding him with ideal uh, protection. Now you went out and you got a receiver, and you know maybe that maybe that's what it, what he needed another weapon. But to me, the biggest question is can they keep him upright? Whether that's uh, with the, this this offensive line miraculously improving or uh, it's you know going out and, and trading for a guy or 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 drawing up plays where where Joe Burrow's not in uh, situations like that whether it's play action RPO stuff like that whatever you need to do you just need to keep Joe Burrow upright then moving on to the AFC South and we'll start with the Tennessee Titans uh, a team that made the playoffs again last year won the AFC South and my biggest question is, is there enough weapons for Ryan Tannehill? Um, look at this receiver group. They lost a lot. Uh, just just based uh, you know, just based on this this uh, free agency period, they lost Corey Davis, they lost Johnny Smith, you know, two big time receivers on this team. Uh, there's not a whole lot there for Ryan Tannehill to throw to. It's basically AJ Brown uh, and a bunch of middling guys. They brought in Josh Reynolds from Los Angeles. Um, They've been rumored in trades for Julio Jones. You know, if they bring him in, that certainly fills a big need for them. Uh, But they don't have a ton of cap room. So to me, you know, Ryan Tannehill is the type of guy that, you know, if he he is in a situation where he's surrounded by the proper talent and Derrick Henry is a big part of that and he's still there. So you, you like that there. But um, you you need to have Lamar, uh, sorry, not Lamar Jackson. You need to have Ryan Tannehill surrounded by the proper talent. And if you don't, uh, you know, he might not perform 
the way that we've seen him perform under Arthur Smith, who's now the head coach in Atlanta. You know, you have a new offensive coordinator uh, with Todd Downing. Can he get the best out of the guys he has? Can Ryan Tannehill get the best that he has? Uh, or best that he can out of the guys that he has? You know, he no longer has um, Corey Davis, Johnny Smith. It's basically A.J. Brown. Um, and, and, you know, he, he still has um, Derrick Henry. But like I talked about earlier with, with the Baltimore Ravens, you can only get so far with that run game. Eventually, you're going to need uh, Ryan Tannehill to step up. And does he have the proper weapons? Does he have the proper environment to succeed? Uh, he's shown us that he's, you know, he's been a really good quarterback the last couple of years, like one of the best in the, in, in the NFL. Um, can he keep that going? Is that sustainable even when uh, the talent around him is not as good? And then on to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they had a, you know, a, a potential franchise changing offseason when they brought in uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, a lot of people saying, you know, he's going to have a rebirth of his career. I think I've said it a few times. I, I like the spot that Carson Wentz landed uh, in Indianapolis. But my biggest question for them is, is Carson Wentz fixable? Uh, can you fix Carson Wentz? And as good as, as of a spot that he ended up in, uh, and I had this debate with with Jeremy Klump, who you know who was a guest on this podcast on Twitter. I might have to bring him back on the podcast to talk about it again. Um, he seems to be of the mind that that you know the biggest reason Carson Wentz was terrible last year was because the talent around him was terrible. No offensive line, no receivers, and to a certain extent, I agree. I, I agree with that. I, I understand he didn't have a whole lot of talent, like really bad talent at times. However. Um, you cannot tell me that Carson Wentz wasn't a, a, a player who just completely lost his confidence last year. I mean, he was awful. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people are convinced that Frank Reich is the guy who can, you know, come in there uh, and, and fix him and get him right, uh, get him back to his MVP uh, level. Not that he ever won an MVP, but he was close at one point. Uh, and to me, you know, that's the biggest question is this is hinging on Carson Wentz. This is another team that, had, you know, they have a strong roster, a defense that is really good. I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see that defense take a step back just because of how good they were last year. I don't know if that's completely sustainable. I think there's still some holes in that defense. Some of the guys in the secondary I don't trust totally, uh, but, you know, they might take a step back. And if that happens, you know, you're going to need, need uh, Carson Wentz to be even better than Phillip Rivers was last year. You know, Phillip Rivers uh, didn't quite get it done. Uh, so can Carson Wentz be fixed? Can he go back to being a potential franchise quarterback? And if he can, this team's flying. You just got your quarterback for the next 15 years. Uh, but that's still a huge question, and that's still unanswered uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. So that's the biggest question for the Colts. Now moving on to the Houston Texans, who they've had a rough offseason. Uh, maybe the most discouraging offseason for a team in NFL history. I mean, I can't think of an, an offseason where a team just was completely destroyed the way that, that the Houston Texans have been this offseason. And my big question for the Houston Texans is, what's left? What is left of this team? Um, like I said, the most discouraging offseason we've ever seen from of from a football team. I mean, they lost DeAndre Hopkins last year. So that wasn't this offseason, but they lost J.J. Watt, uh, who who kind of asked to be released. He was released. He's in Arizona now. Um, Deshaun Watson, uh, we still don't know what's going on there. I would assume he will never play for the Houston Texans again, but we don't know for sure. And now you, you're in a situation where, you know, is Tyrod Taylor going to be starting games at quarterback for you? Is Davis Mills 
the quarterback they drafted in the third round, is he going to be starting games for you? Um, what the heck do fans and season ticket holders have to root for on this team? Genuinely, like, what what is what is there to root for? You you lost everything. You were one of the teams with the highest upside just a few years ago, and everything's gone. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. JJ Watt's gone. Deshaun Watson's most likely gone. Um, what is there to root for? How are they going to sell tickets? That's what I want to know. How are they going to sell jerseys? Who whose jersey are you buying on that team right now? You just have a bunch of middling players that you signed that are probably going to be done uh, after this year because they all signed one-year contracts. It's like where, what, what, like I don't understand how anybody would want to go to the, this team's games this year, and that, that's that's kind of my question. Is like what what is there left for fans to to cheer for on this team? Uh, there's there's essentially nothing left for this team. Um, will they win any games? Who knows? Maybe they don't want to win any games. Maybe that's the plan. But I know that probably wasn't the plan uh, when uh, you know David Culley took the job. That probably wasn't the plan when you know their new GM got there, uh, whose name I'm blanking on right now, Nick Casario. That was probably not the plan when he took that job. Uh, but this is just this is just a mess of a team, and I don't know what's left for them. Now onto the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had the number one pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. They went with Trevor Lawrence. But still, my biggest question for this team is, who is Urban Meyer, their new head coach? Uh, obviously, we know who Urban Meyer, the college coach, is. One of the greatest college coaches in the history of college football. Won multiple national championships for two different, or, or for, a, for a few different um, colleges. Won a national championship uh, in Florida, won a national championship in Ohio State. One of the greatest to ever do it. Constantly winning, uh, you know, undefeated seasons, all that good stuff uh, from Urban Meyer. But who is he as an NFL head coach? So far, he's kind of been a meme. Uh, you know, everything he's done has kind of been like, you know, people questioning it, making fun of it. He's brought in Tim Tebow, which everybody likes to make a big fuss out of. Um, he brought in an assistant coach that was ended up, you know, was a racist. Who, you know, he got fired just a, just I think a day after he got hired. Uh, that didn't look good for Urban Meyer. To me, before this all happened, before Urban Meyer ended up in Jacksonville, he would have been the last college coach that I would have assumed would end up in the NFL just because his thing uh, at Ohio State, his thing at Florida was that he was an incredible recruiter. He was really good at recruiting. Uh, and we know in the NFL there is no recruiting. You can't recruit five stars, uh, five star players every year. You have to draft well. You have to bring in free agents. You can't just get the best players. Uh, you can't just schedule, you know, these these uh, Division two opponents and get easy wins at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the schedule. You know, things are get, things are harder in the NFL. Uh, what is his offensive scheme going to look like? What is his offense going to look like? What is his defense going to look like? Can he actually improve this team? I'm I'm genuinely baffled about um, what we're going to see out of Urban Meyer. I could see this going multiple different ways. I could see it being, you know, a success. He brings his team back and we're all like, wow, Urban Meyer's incredible. I could also see it just being a, a complete failure. And, you know, we're two seasons in. They've won a combined six games in two seasons and Urban Meyer's back, you know, working for Fox Sports and just never talks of his NFL career ever again. Uh, but to me, that's the biggest que question for this Jaguars team. You know, they have young talent. I think there's still a ton of holes on this roster. I talk about that every time when I talk about this team. But who is Urban Meyer? What is he going to do? Can he turn this team around? That's the biggest question for me. So we're about halfway done 
these questions now. And we're going to take a little break for a for an advertisement. That's right, Joe. Uh, you want to take the ad read here? You want me to do the ad read? Yeah, we're going to take a little break for an advertisement. Go ahead. Okay, so this week's episode is sponsored by AmpMe. Uh, <laughs> AmpMe is an app um, where you and your friends, you know, you ever you ever hanging out with your friends and you you realize, man, we need some tunes. Oh, man, we, we forgot the Bluetooth speaker. Oh, shoot. Been what there. else is there to do? Amp Me. Amp Me is a, an, a, basically an app where you guys can connect all your phones together and play the same song at the same time. <laughs> and for only $40 a month, probably, I think. <laughs> something only $40 like that. every time you use it. Yeah. It's um, the low, low price. Mm-hmm. And if you use the promo code Average Joe right now, it's actually $45 a month. Yeah. So you'll get $5 extra because we're not actually sponsored by Amp Me. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's really a thing. Uh, did you actually want to do an ad read or are you just no, no, that was doing it. improv? Yeah, that was improv. I wanted to nice. test you. You did really good. We brought Amp Me back into the yeah. podcast. That's it too. One day the Amp Me people are going to get a hold of this podcast <laughs> and we're going to get sued. Yeah, but that's good clout, I think. Yeah, right? that's good. I think because then we can have a lot of people supporting yeah. us and it'll be like a hashtag because we're like yes. the small guy. Yes. And this big company. Small businesses. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Amp Me, come at us, bro. Um. Any publicity is good publicity. Exactly right. Exactly right. Let's jump back into the questions. Sure. Moving on to the AFC East. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, who made it to the AFC Championship game, uh, fell to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a fantastic season. Uh, Josh Allen played uh, phenomenal. Incredible improvement all across the board for the Bills last year. Uh, my biggest question for the Bills is, can you run it back? Uh, they've kind of went the Tampa Bay Buccane- Buccaneers route uh, where they um, they just brought everybody back. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl uh, and, you know, the Buffalo Bills didn't quite get there. But other than adding really Emmanuel Sanders and a couple other, other like middling contracts, uh, they're essentially bringing back the exact same team they had last year. Uh, and is that sustainable for the Buffalo Bills? Um this improvement, this team improved like tremendously last year from where they were the year before. Uh, Josh Allen's improvement was astronomical. I mean, like his comparing his statistics. Uh, let me just pull it up here. Because comparing his statistics from 2019 to 2020 is ridiculous. We have never seen a quarterback improve the way Josh Allen improved this season. Uh, in 2019. He completed 58% of his passes. 2020, 69, almost 70% of his passes uh, through 37 touchdowns this last season, through 20 the year before. Uh, he had uh, nine interceptions last year. He had 10 this year. So that, I guess that didn't really improve all that much. But just improving you know, from, from being a quarterback that I thought was a bust. I you know, talked a lot of crap, a lot of junk about Josh Allen going into last season. He came out, made me look completely stupid, played out of this world, played really, really well. And to me, the biggest question is, is that sustainable? Can he sustain that pace? Can he continue to play at a high level? Is this an offense that teams can figure out? Is this an offense that teams can, uh, you know, figure out ways to to work around? Uh, Teams could not figure it out last year, really. Um, Even, you know, in games that they lost, you know, they just got outscored by the Chiefs. Like, you know, it, it was so hard for teams to to stop this offense last year. Can you sustain that this year? Uh, Brian Dayball's back, their offensive coordinator. Like I said, they've brought a ton of guys back. 
they had a bunch of free agents. They basically re-signed everybody. So can the Bills run it back in a division that's that's a lot better than it was last year? I think the Dolphins improved. The Patriots definitely improved. The Jets definitely improved. Uh, it's going to be harder. You know, you're not. I don't think it's a guaranteed uh, six wins out of your division like it was last year. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they finished 10 and 6 last year, just narrowly missed the playoffs uh, because of a, a embarrassing loss to the Buffalo Bills, who we just uh, were talking about uh, in week 17 last year. Uh, to me, the biggest question for the Dolphins is what will this offense look like uh, under Tua? Uh, you know, we could easily just be like, oh, yeah, you know, the question could be uh, will Tua be a franchise quarterback? Uh, I tried to kind of not have every single team, the question be blank, blank, blank quarterback. I didn't want to make every single thing about quarterback, but I, I want to know what this offense is going to look like around Tua because this offense last year, there's no doubt to me and to most people that watched Dolphins game, uh, Chan Gailey was brought in, the offensive coordinator last year. Chan Gailey was brought in because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. This offense was built for Ryan Fitzpatrick and you can see that just based on the personnel change that we've seen from last year. Last year, um, it seemed like um, they really valued tall uh, receivers who could go up and get, you know, those 50-50 balls because that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does best. He throws an amazing 50-50 ball. He'll just toss it up into traffic, and he needs guys that can go up and get those. And that's not what that's not what Tua is good at. Tua is good at the quick release accurate passes that's that's kind of what we like to see uh from Tua because that's what he's good at and we've seen the personnel change you know last year it was it was you know Devontae Parker Preston Williams uh, Mac Hollins is a super tall receiver uh, Mike Kosicki had a big, big year a lot of those guys are back I think all of those guys are really back but they've brought in a bunch of different type of receivers they brought in Will Fuller who's a blazing you know speed guy they brought in Jalen Waddle who's he's probably the fastest guy uh, potentially in the NFL uh, as, he, as he's coming in his rookie season uh, they brought in even Robert Robert Foster who will probably be more of a more of a special teams guy but he's a he's a receiver that's produced a little bit on on some other teams he's a really fast guy and I think you can see a shift you know the players in Miami are talking about this team, uh, the, the playbook is changing. You know, it's not the same playbook. They have co-offensive coordinators, which is so bizarre. I mean, they're literally the only team in the NFL with co-offensive coordinators. So that could end up being a complete disaster. Uh, but Eric Studsville and, and George Godsey are, are guys that were there last year under Chan Gailey. So that makes me a little little queasy because uh, Chan Gailey's offense last year was brutal. And it just did not work for Tua. And you could tell when Tua came in, the offense was completely different than it was uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they didn't trust Tua last year. So they'll need to you know, put more trust in him. And I think they will put more trust in him. Uh, and they've surrounded him with talent. They have a lot of offensive talent. Uh, you know, their receiving core went from one of the worst in the NFL last year to, you know, probably a top half of the league, you know, top 10, 15 um, receiving core in the league and, and could be even higher by the end. Uh, so to me, it's the biggest question is what is this offense going to look like? Is there going to be more RPOs? Is there going to be more, you know, short passes, play action passes? I think there's going to be less 50-50 balls. There's going to be less, you know, just throwing it into traffic and hoping Mike Kosicki goes up and gets it. I think we're going to see a, a dramatic change. And, you know, can Tua take that next step? Uh, can this team take that next step? Because like we talked about with the Bills, this division is a lot better than it was last year. And you're not going to get easy wins against the Patriots and, and the Jets. Uh, you know, they only got a one win against the Patriots last year. And I think they'll be lucky to get, uh, you know, to split that series uh, with, with the Patriots this year. 
So, you know, that's the biggest question for me for the Dolphins. And now on to the Patriots. And the biggest question I have uh, with the Patriots is, can you live up to the hype? Uh, this was the team that won the offseason. You know, not only did they have an, an insane uh, free agency where they had this newfound aggression, uh, they had a pretty good draft everybody liked. Um, you know, they but in free agency, they went nuts. They went out and signed the two best tight ends, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, trying to bring back Gronk and Aaron Hernandez just without the murder this time. Um, and, you know, they signed Nelson Aguilar. They brought in Kendrick Bourne. Uh, defensively, they got Matthew Judon. Kyle Van Noy's back from Miami. Uh, Jalen Mills is there. They brought in just, just so many guys to improve this team. So they were the winner of the offseason. But oftentimes, the team that wins the offseason does not win when it really matters. Uh, and that's the biggest question for the Patriots. Can they win when it matters? Uh, this team, you know, they're playing in a tough division. They don't have Tom Brady anymore. So, you know, you're trying to rec recreate that magic with Gronk and, you know, Aaron Hernandez, but the, you're missing the biggest piece. You don't have um, Tom Brady anymore. You have Cam Newton and you have Mac Jones. Uh, you know, another question you could ask is who's going to be the starting quarterback there? Is it going to be Cam Newton uh, or will Mac Jones impress them? And, he, and he's in that Tom Brady role where, you know, he's not a an athletic guy, but he maybe, you know, fits what they want to do better than a guy like Cam Newton. So to me, the biggest question for the Patriots is, can you live up to the hype uh, from free agency, from the draft, from the offseason? Uh, can they improve as much as everybody seems to think that they will? And on to the New York Jets. And uh, to me, the biggest question for the Jets uh, is, is the perceived culture change uh, or culture shift real? Will we see a culture shift? Everybody has been singing praises about them bringing in their head coach, Robert Sala. He's going to come in. He's going to shift the culture. It's going to be a brand new culture there uh, in New York. You know, no more Adam Gase nonsense. Robert Sala is the guy. Uh, and to me, is that real? Will that really happen? We've seen that, you know, time and time again when a, when a, when a um, coach comes in. It's, it's a brand new culture. We're going we're gonna to make, we're going to be hard-nosed. We're going to be tough. Uh, things are going to be different. If, is that real? Can that really happen? I think they've had a nice offseason. They've improved a lot. I don't think there'll be playoff contenders this year. They're not going to be a team that's going to be competing for a Super Bowl. But can you just improve? Can you get better than you were last year? Can the culture change? Can you build around your quarterback like you did not do with Sam Darnold last year? Um, and can you know Joe Douglas and Robert Sala live up to the hype? You know, like we talked about with the Patriots, can the, those guys live up to the hype? And that's the biggest question for me for a team that's not going to be competitive this year, I don't think. They'll win more games than last year, but can they just show improvement, show that they're going in the right direction? Now on to the final division, and it's the AFC West. And starting with the, the winning team from last year of this division and the Super Bowl runner-ups, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And my question for them is, what is defense? Because uh, I think that's what they are asking uh is what is defense um because they just they don't seem to care much about improving their defense and they've done small things like they brought in jaron reed and off season you know they have tyron matthew chris jones is really good and they have some players but overall their defense is not very good but it just hasn't been very good for years and years and it doesn't seem to matter and my question i guess for them is is it going to continue to not matter you lost Sammy Watkins in free agency, so you, you don't have a ton of receivers, but you still have Tyreek Hill, 
and Travis Kelsey, who are the best at their positions, probably. You have Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the NFL. So does it really matter that you don't have a defense? Does it matter that your defense is probably bottom half of the league, if not lower than that? Uh, so far, it hasn't mattered. Uh, and will that continue to happen for, for the Chiefs? If I had to guess, I would say yes. I think you know we, they've shown us time and time again that they can succeed this way. I don't see why they wouldn't continue to succeed this way. And then on to the Las Vegas Raiders. And my biggest question for the Raiders is, when will all of these unconventional picks actually pay off? Uh, so we've seen it every draft. The Las, Las Vegas Raiders like to go off the board. They like to go with players that you know people have projected as a third, fourth round player. They pick them in the first round. They did it with Alex Leatherwood this year. Uh, they've done it with Damon Arnett in the past. Uh, they did it with Henry Ruggs, taking him as the number one receiver when you know a lot of people did not have him as the number one receiver. Um, and that's fine. I've always said that you know they did it with Cle- Cleveland Farrell. Can't forget that one. But and I, and I've always said, who cares about value uh, when it comes to the draft? Everybody wants to talk about value, value, value. If you get a really good player, um, who cares where you got him? Nobody's going to care where you drafted a guy if he ends up being a Hall of Famer. But the problem is you need your players to work out. If you're going to overdraft guys, if you're going to take guys where they shouldn't be taken, they got to be good. Uh, and so far, that hasn't happened in Las Vegas. The Raiders just haven't been able to develop these players that they're reaching on. You know, we haven't seen uh, Cleveland Farrell step up. We haven't seen Henry Ruggs, you know, in one season. He he didn't look like he was worth being being the first receiver taken. Um, we haven't seen Damon Arnett step up. Uh, Jonathan Abram, a guy that, you know, they took that a lot of people liked. I think in the second... No, I think they took him in the, he, he's a first round pick as well. A lot of people like that pick. He was literally graded as the worst safety in the NFL last year. So that hasn't worked out. You know, what, can you develop these players? You know, Mike Mike Mayock is definitely on the hot seat, I think, because they're not going to get rid of um John Gruden. John Gruden's not going to be the guy that's out there. He's got the 10-year contract. Mike Mayock is going to be depending on these players being developed and when you take swings like this and you go with guys you know that you like they're your guys they have to work out and so far they haven't in las vegas now on to the los angeles chargers and my big question for the Chargers is can brandon staley get the best out of this talented roster so we do the same song and dance every year with the chargers everybody says this team is so talented they're going to be so good wow this team is really good and they disappoint every year somebody gets hurt a bunch of people get hurt. They underperform. Uh, Brandon Staley, a lot of people like this hire as head coach. Can he come in and actually get the best out of this talented roster? Can he come in and be who everybody thinks he can be? Um, this team has talent. Derwin James, James is coming back. Justin Herbert was phenomenal last year, one rookie of the year. Um, they have Keenan Allen still. They have Mike Williams. Um, a, a talented roster. Um, but can they finally live up to the hype? Kind of like we talked about with the Patriots. Every year we talk about the Chargers and how they're going to be good, and every year they disappoint. Uh, can they live up to the hype? Can Brandon Staley get the best uh, out of this team? He's kind of new to coaching. You know, we didn't not not a lot of people knew his name before he got hired uh, in Los Angeles. Can he get the best out of Justin Herbert? And Justin Herbert can have all these numbers, you know, and play, you know as good as he did but if you don't get wins none of it matters and you can't waste a career like you did with philip rivers with justin herbert now finally the final team is the denver broncos and my big question for them is what's aaron Rodgers' phone number 
um, because you need to get it. <laughs> you need to um, break the rules. You need to, um, what's that word again? Uh, you need to um, tamper with Aaron Rodgers. You need to tell him, hey, man, force your way to Denver. Because if you look at this roster, we've talked time and time again throughout this segment, all these teams with this talented, these talented rosters. This might be the most talented out of them all. I mean, this team has talent all across the board. And the one, uh, you know, thing that sticks out like a sore thumb is the quarterback position. You have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. That's not going to sell tickets. I mean, I know Broncos fans, they'll sell out the stadium anyways, but they're not coming to see Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. If you can go out uh, and get Aaron Rodgers, that changes the, per- the perspective of this team. This team has probably a top five defense, one of the best secondaries in the NFL. You have uh, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller's coming back. You have a really good offensive line. Uh, you're young. You have just stupid, talented pass catchers. I mean, just young, talented guys. Jerry Judy wasn't great last year, but I think he can develop into a really good pass catcher. Uh, you have Noah Fant, uh, KJ Hamler, a ton of like just really Cortland Sutton, really talented pass catchers. Um, a, a really good backfield with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, who you drafted. Really, really good players. If you add Aaron Rodgers to this team like they've been rumored to trade for, that they're Im- immediately a Super Bowl contender. They might be the Super Bowl favorite to me. Uh, it, so if you, you know, that can completely change the complexion of this team. So to me, if I'm Denver, uh, I'm trying everything I can to get Aaron Rodgers. I'll give them whatever, you know, it takes to get Aaron Rodgers because... I have the roster to compete right now, and all that's going to be holding me back, I think, is the quarterbacks. I don't think Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater are guys that are going to you know, be able to take the team to the next level. They're guys that are just going to be as good as the talent around them is, and even though the talent around them is really good, that can only get you so far. Like we've seen with Jared Goff in Los Angeles, you can only get so far. You need a quarterback that can take you over the top. And that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers could do. So you gotta get his number. You gotta tell him, "Hey, man, uh, you can you can go host Jeopardy if you want. Just come and win a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls here in Denver." But that wraps up one big question for every team in the AFC. We're gonna be doing the NFC next week. Uh, stay tuned for that. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you have anything you want to say before we close up the show. No, awesome. Uh, then I'll just take it from here. Um, make sure you guys follow us on social media at underscore average Joe show. Uh, make sure you tune into blue collar media group. Uh, they have our podcast, a ton of other really great podcasts. Follow them on Twitter, on Instagram, go to their website, check out my articles that I'm writing, check out everybody's articles that are being written there. Uh, make sure you give us a five-star review. Make sure you share the podcast. And without further ado, Uh, We will catch you guys on the next one.